0: It's Friday Jesus is praying Peter's asleep Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming It's Friday Pilate's struggling The council is conspiring The crowd is vilifying They don't even know that Sunday's coming It's Friday The disciples are running like Sheep without a shepherd, Mary's crying, Peter is denying, but they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday, the Romans beat my Jesus, they robe him in scar, they crown him with thorns, but they don't know that Sunday's come. It's Friday see Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirit's burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning. And evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their King. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved, but they don't know it's only Friday, Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, the earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday, hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a cup.
1: declare this together. Christ is risen. Is risen Christ is risen. He is risen Christ is risen. He is risen, Christ is risen. He is risen Hallelujah. <laughs> so one of the great things about Easter Sunday is when we gather together and we get to hang out with family and with friends and meet new friends, and we just get to h- hang out with each other, and it's really enjoyable, uh, just like this chick enjoys it. Some of you are slow. I just trying somebody go, oh, oh, peeps, you'll get it. So we do this celebration thing, we dress up. Some of you are at Easter egg hunts, and you did the Easter egg thing at your house today, and... I told some people today I thought we should hide hams and find hams, but nobody would (laughs) go with me on that. We we have this uh, tradition of songs that we've sung. I grew up in the church, and and there were traditional songs, and then the Gaithers came along, and the Gaithers sang songs. And and so we did some contemporary stuff today, and somebody said, oh, Pastor, can we at least do something traditional? And a lot of you, Gaither is traditional. and, And so you that are newer to the faith and have no idea who Gaither is... Uh, just sit tight, but you who remember Gaither and remember this song, you got to sing it with me, and you got to find four-part harmony or five-part, six-part. Some of you won't know the difference, so just just sing that. But sing this out loud uh, because it's one of those traditions that, that we've sung when, when family members gather together and churches gather together, and it goes like this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Just because he lives. So we sing that, and we come to celebrate that. But underneath the the, the surface of all this, there are some of us who, who feel the pain of the past. That we said... It's Friday, but Sunday's a coming. But some of you in this place say, yeah, but Friday still has a hold of me. And for some of you, we have another cartoon for you this morning. Friday takes a bite out of your Easter. So, Easter comes and you're hopeful, but the past hangs on. The disciples thought they had found their freedom. And then Friday came. See, Friday found the disciples abandoning Jesus. Friday found Peter denying Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Friday found Judas doing himself in. Friday found Jesus allowing himself to die. Friday is a tough thing. So what did they do? They they hid from their failures and they went back to the way it was, the way they were before their hope had died. You'll find after all of this happened that Peter, James, John, and Andrew, fishermen, went back to the family business and there they stayed for a while. For for those who were men in first century Israel, the best success story you could ever have would be for a rabbi to come by and say to you, Come follow me, become my disciple. That was prestigious. And the problem was this, that if you did and began to follow and could not make the grade and you got cut by the team and you couldn't hang with the, with, the, with the rabbi, they sent you back home to the way the family has always been and the way it has always been for you. So we find Peter, James, John, and Andrew back home fishing. See, Friday can be a killer. Friday can devastate your hope. Friday will send you back to the way it was before, the way that it's always been, back to the family, back to the family tree, back to the pain of what it was before you had hope. Licensed clinical social worker Beverly Hubble tauk writes, Our brains are literally programmed by our early emotional life. A caregiver's interaction with a child engineers most of the brain's 1,000 trillion neurological connections that control language, math, music, logic, and emotion. Folks, we are tied directly to our family tree. That's why in these weeks to come, we're going to spend some time talking about that family tree, the impact that it has, and what we can do about it. We're going to talk next week about that family tree. We're going to talk about how our homes can actually become a safe place, a refuge. We're going to talk about how you how you choose a mate. We're going to talk about how you raise your kids. We're going to talk about how community can become an extended family. There's one television program probably many of you are familiar with that, that talks about the modern family, that's what it's called. It's called Modern Family, and you perhaps have seen it. And, and that sitcom deals with the struggles that a family has in just being a family and dealing with the issues of life and dealing with the difficulties of being different within a family. So you've got two men who are gay raising a child. You have a a traditional family of a father and a mother who are home trying to raise adolescents. And then you have an older white guy married to a younger Latino with a very precocious child. And so then you have these issues, and, and generally what happens in the sitcom is that they get you to the place that, that love is successful, but the kind of love they deal with is a love that is that is a kind of love that, that does not challenge, it is, is it a, it's a love that is tolerant, it is a love that is non-judgmental, and what you find in this case is that it's not so much that we need to help change each other, we just need to learn to cope with who that person is. But I want to propose to you today that, that all of us who are connected to our family trees know that there are things in our family tree that must change. They've got to change. I don't drink alcohol. If you go out and you have a cup of wine, I won't have a glass of wine. I don't drink alcohol. And you say, why? Well, first of all, because it's in my family tree alcoholism. My grandfather and my uncles were alcoholics. I watched what it did to their families. And I said, that's got to change. It's just got to change. It can't be in my family tree anymore. In my family tree, there is this, this insecurity. There is this that brings on perfectionism, and there, there is this, this fear of failure. And so I'm endeavoring to change that for my side of the family tree. My question to you is, what's the stuff in your family tree? What's the stuff that you know that just d- drags you down? You see it and you, and you struggle with it. What, is it. what is your Friday stuff that still hangs on? It is that Friday stuff that removes our hope. But we've gathered here today and we've sung songs and, and we've, we've declared He is risen indeed because simply this, Easter says that we find hope in grace. We find hope in Grace. See, failure tells us that all hope is lost, that we tried, but we couldn't change things. Friday tells us that we will be what our family has always been. So what we do in an effort to try to deal with that is we set up boundaries and say, okay, I don't want to become that, so I'll put boundaries here to keep me in. I will create rules so, so that it will control me. So in, in my family tree, there is some addictive problems, addictive behavior. And I have to deal with that addictive behavior. When Pam and I were living on the West Coast, I had flown down to the Monterey area in California and was, was went in a meeting in, in Carmel, California. Have you ever been to Carmel? It's absolutely gorgeous. Clint Eastwood used to be the mayor of, of Carmel, and it's a beautiful place. And I was walking down the main road of Carmel down to the Pacific Ocean, and I passed a European bakery, and the smells just drew me in. And I found these incredible cannolis. I had never, ever had a cannoli before. I think that was the stuff that God brought to the children of Israel. That was manna. (laughs) And I don't know why they complained, because it was good stuff. And so I, I, I said, I'd like those cannolis and let me take a taste of it. And, and it, was, it was whatever that skin was that they had. And then they had this European custard that just melted in your mouth. And, and they were really expensive. And I didn't have a whole lot of money. So I said, okay, I'll take four. And in my mind, I said, I'm setting up a rule. I'll have two and I'll take two to Pam because she's got to taste this. And so I grabbed those and I went back to the airport, got on the plane, got back to Portland, Oregon. And I said, Pam, Caramel was great and the meeting was great and I went down and I found the European deli and went through the whole thing and I said, wait till you taste these cannolis and next time I'm there, I'm going to get you some. (laughs) See, the problem is that my nature was greater than my rules. In first century Judaism, they called that a curse. That you know what you should do, and you just can't help yourself. You just do what you're not supposed to do, and then you have to pay for it. That is called a curse. There was this community in the first century in in a place called Galatia where they were having this problem. They were setting up rules, and they kept breaking the rules because they just couldn't help it. Today, you're going to go to brunch, and you know you're not supposed to eat the stuff but you just can't help it. And they were doing, they were setting up rules and they were breaking it. So Paul the apostle, who himself had to deal with his own addictive behavior and his own family tree that had led him to the place that he was even accessory to murder and, and, and a legalist and, and a perfectionist and an egotist. He said, I, I, I got to tell you that it's not just the rules that are going to help you. In fact, it's not the rules that will help you. And so he writes to them in the book of Galatia and he says this in Galatians, the first chapter, the third verse. May God our Father... And the Lord Jesus Christ give you what? Grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. In the 1980s, there was this great movie that came out. We really loved it. It was called Footloose. Footloose. And just recently, there was a remake of Footloose. And, and, and the key character in the movie Footloose was Kevin Bacon, who played Wren, who loved to dance. And he went to a town where dancing was not allowed. So, Kevin Bacon's six-year-old son saw the movie. And he came to his dad and he said, Dad? He said, you know you know that, that part where you swing from the rafters? How would you do that? He said, well, son, that, that was a stuntman. He said, Dad, what's a stuntman? He said, well, that's a guy who dresses like me and does what I can't do. just kind of confusing me. He walked off. He came back. He said, hey, Dad, you know that that, that place where you swing on that gym bar, you swing around, and you land on your feet? How did you do that? He said, well, that was a gymnast double. What's a gymnast double? It's a guy who puts on my clothes, and he does what I can't do. He said, well, looking rather odd at his dad, he said, Dad, well, then what did you do? And Kevin Bacon very sheepishly said, I got all the glory. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace. That is what grace is. God knew all along that Jesus would have to put on our clothes and do what we could not do. And that is to change our family tree. Jesus came, he said, to rescue us from the evil that messes with our world to get us beyond our Friday cursed, We want to do it, but we can't do it. We shouldn't do it, and we do it. But that, Paul explains what really happened on Easter when he said Jesus gave his life for our sins. How did he do that? Paul explains further in his letter. He says in Galatians 3, Christ redeemed us from the self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. That is what Jesus did for us. So on Friday, when Jesus' friends thought it was all over, God took all your Friday stuff, all the stuff that's hanging on you from your family tree, and he placed it on Jesus. And Jesus was our curse. See, the Jews had this deal that when an evil man died, they took him and they put him on a tree. And anybody walking by, seeing a man dead, hanging on a tree would say, cursed of God. And on that Friday, you look at the cross and there is Jesus hanging on a tree and they knew he's cursed. What was he doing? Why? Paul said, he's redeeming us. What does that mean? Well, periodically, we, t- we take an offering here and we give it to a friend of ours who goes to Pakistan and he takes the money we give him and he goes into the places where there are children who are slaves. And he takes that money and he buys them out of slavery and takes them into an orphanage and frees them. It's an incredible thing. That's what Jesus did for us. With his own life, he bought us out of slavery He took us out of the slavery where we have to be what our family has always been. That curse that should have kept us separated from God was taken away from us and placed on Jesus on that cross, and that's why Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You remember Kevin Bacon said, Then I get all the glory. So when Jesus puts on our clothes... And he does what we cannot do, and he dies on a cross. He gives us life, and he redeems us. And he is separated from God at the same moment. Paul said, This may God, our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. Peace means to have God's favor, to be in well standing with God, to have God just, just gushing over you. Because at that moment that Jesus was separated, We received everything that Jesus should have received. How can God do that? How can he look at us after that way and do that? For a lot of years in our family, we had three children. Now if you look at our family picture, you will see that we have five children. You will see above my daughter Christy, Jesse, who came to our family through marriage, and we love him as a son. You'll see right below Jesse, Natalie. Natalie. We've known Natalie since middle school. Natalie had a crush on Dustin, our son, and so she would call it all ungodly hours. I'd say, Natalie, do you know what time it is? Yes, but can I please speak to Dustin? Natalie, you have got to quit bugging us. Natalie never stopped bugging us. As time went on, we understood that Natalie was suffering because within her family, and the family will tell you, they dealt with issues on their family tree. There were just issues that just helped create havoc within the family, and she was, was having issues and feeling pain in the process of the stuff that was in her family tree. And as time went on, we said, Natalie, come be part of our family. You're welcome to come and and, and just be hang out with the family. And, and so she did, and eventually we just said, we're adopting you. You're part of the family. And so she she has names for us. She calls Pam, Mama Pam. She calls me Papa Jay. And we have a name for her. We call her daughter. We love her as if she was part of the original family. And God did that for us in a more profound way. And Paul writes these words again to his friends in Galatia. But when the time arrived, that was set by God the Father. God sent his Son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as own children because God sent the Spirit of his Son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. So what do you do with your family tree? Jesus intended for you to take your family tree and put it on his family tree. And while you do that, he says, I redeem you. I buy you out of your slavery of having to be that way. What do I do with my family, my modern family? He said, I want you to to just mesh it into my family so that you can be my child, so that you can call out to God, Papa, Papa. That's why we celebrate today. See, Friday says we should be sad, and Friday says that that, that everything is lost, but Easter says, no, no, that we can find our joy in freedom. So what happened on Friday? Jesus took our curse. Yeah, 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 but but Jesus died. Well, yeah, you got to understand that the weapon of the curse is death. Okay, but if if death has the last word, then the curse wins. If the curse wins, then then I don't have any hope that I will ever change, and therefore I will just learn to cope with what I have and try to do my best. But Jesus never intended for that to be the end. Mark records these words. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the mother of, Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Now go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. See, Natalie being in our family has been a hard adjustment for her because we are a different family tree. And there are moments we will say to Natalie, Natalie, you don't have to be like that. It's not the same here. Natalie, you don't have to have this defensive shield up. You can, you can lay that aside. Natalie, you don't have to, you don't have to hide from this. Natalie, you, you don't have to have that behavior. You don't have to be that way because we want to give you freedom. We want this to be a house of grace. We are not perfect. We have our own issues, but we're doing our best to let it change into a house of grace, a home of grace. We want you to be here. And the amazing thing is that when she trusts that freedom, she has incredible joy. And when she doesn't, she returns to her pain and her sadness. When Jesus rose from the grave... He said, I'm giving you a new life. In fact, Paul the Apostle said this, that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old is gone. The new has come. The old family tree, it's out of your way because you have a new life, a new thing. Your tree was taken care of on that tree because the Scripture says that when we put our faith in God and in Jesus, when he died, all of that stuff died with him. And when he rose again, we rose with him into a new life, a new family tree, a new family. The issue is this, now we have to live there and not be pulled back by the former way. We are not stuck in the slavery of Friday. In fact, Paul, again, reminds us what Easter is. He says to those folks in Galatia, in Galatia 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by your yoke of slavery. Don't get caught up in your family tree and have to live with that stuff that kills you. Don't live back in your old family tree. You say, but how do I do that? How do I get free from that? Let me just tell you three things, three steps of action I think you should take. The first is this, trust Jesus. If he became a curse for us, if he loved us that much then let's say, okay, I'm going to put my faith in you that you do that. See, we've been taught that we have to earn it, we have to deserve it, we have to do penance, we've got to do whatever. And he said, no, 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 it's my gift, I just, I'm just, i going to do it for you. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all impurity. He said, just, just ask me and I'll wipe it out and I'll give you a new life, I'll give you a new start. Trust Jesus. Secondly, accept his Grace. See, he's going to do for you the stuff that you couldn't do for yourself. See, his grace includes his Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to give you my very spirit that will empower you to live the life that you've always wanted to live and free you up from the old family tree. Not only does he give you the Holy Spirit, he says, I give you the Holy Scriptures, and as you read them, they will motivate you and say, you know, you can become this. Go ahead, you can become this. In fact, the the Scriptures are called the breath of God. He blows into you a new life. He also gives you community. Community is there to help encourage you to say, You're not walking this alone. We're going to walk with you. You see, if you say, I want to break free from my family tree, but I've tried it, it's not worked. I'm telling you, you need some folks around you who believe in you and believe in Jesus, and they will walk you through it. That's what we do here. Thirdly, change your identity. Paul the Apostle said, you know, here's what I want you to do. I want you to reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, which means you've got to just state, I don't live that way anymore. I don't live that family tree anymore, but I live this life now. That I'm alive in Jesus. And you've got to keep telling yourself that and reckon yourself that and believe that because it's true. Get rid of that old life. So, Peter and the boys went back to the old family way, and they were fishing. But grace wasn't done yet. Peter had denied even knowing Jesus, but grace wasn't done yet. Peter had given up hope, but grace wasn't done yet friday had said you have no hope but grace wasn't done yet so while the boys are fishing there's someone on the seashore and they're not catching any fish and he's over there on the seashore making breakfast and he yells out he says hey why don't you just throw your nets on the other side so they do that and immediately they remember that that's what jesus had told them to do and they caught this amazing amount of fish and suddenly it dawns on peter that's jesus He doesn't wait till they get the fish in and they row to shore. He dives in the water and he swims up to where Jesus is because grace was not done yet.
2: Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter.
3: I forget my name. Remind me who I am. In the mirror all I see is who I don't want to be. Remind me who I am in the loneliest places when I can't remember what who I am.
1: to ask ourselves today is, who am I? According to God, he said that you belong to him, and his grace is not done with you yet. So this morning, I encourage you to take that family tree and hang it on that tree where Jesus was. I want you to see that he is redeeming you. He is buying you out of the slavery of what you have been, the stuff that drives you crazy. I want you to see that he's adopted you and you've become his child and now we need to learn how to live as that child in that place of grace. That is the power of Easter. That's what he's called us to be with him. That is the good news. You see, you've lived in Friday. It's time that you live in the fullness of Sunday. So we're going to do this this morning as we come to a conclusion of this wonderful celebration we've had together. I I can't let you go here without giving you an opportunity to say, yeah, I want to let go of my Fridays. I want to let go of that family tree. I want to live the way that God has designed for me to live. I want to come home to where God has designed for me to be. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to stand. And when you stand, I'm going to invite you to turn to folks around. You may not even know who they are, but we're community here. We're, We're family. I just want you to say to the person next to you, would you like to come home to Jesus? Would you like to give up that family tree? Just say, would you like to come home to Jesus? And if that's you, say, yeah, I do. I want to take that step of faith in Jesus Christ. And, and as you say yes, I'm going to invite you and the person who asked you to come and just stand here with me because we're going to pray over you. We're not going to embarrass you or single you out. But it just makes a statement of faith that I'm going to do that. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus I'm going to get rid of that 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 family tree that has such a hold on me. And we're going to pray together and then I'm going to give you a gift and you're going to be on your way. And we have plenty of time to get you out of here. So whether you're on the main floor the galleries the balcony out in the lobby listening maybe in the children's courtyard even listening in the nursery and invite you to just turn to each other in just a moment and just say would you like to come home to Jesus and then immediately That person's going to come with you and you're going to just stand right here with me and we're going to pray together. We're going to seal that thing and get you going on this life of living as a child of God. So would you stand? Don't leave because the ushers will hold you back. And just turn to the people around you right now. You may have asked them before, ask them again. Would you like to come home to Jesus as they say yes? Just come here and stand with me. That's it. That's it. That's good balcony just come down those the galleries there you go yeah see this is what easter's about it's not about eating your ham later it's about this right now if you see some folks coming now and you're afraid you're gonna be the only one just turn to the person who asked you and say change my mind come on down here come on down here i'm really a nice guy there you go that's it the deal is that Jesus died for this this is the deal see the cool thing about this is what I've said to you is the absolute truth you're going to get freed up from your family tree it may take some time it may take some effort and it, it may be even a battle but we're going to get you free because that's what God has designed for you that's it said, we're going to wait. we got some more people coming. You'll get out of here on time. All those other people are going to hurry out in a minute. and There's going to be a traffic jam, so you're fine. That's it. So I want to pray a prayer that you need to say from your heart, but it, it, is, it is actual truth. It comes from the Holy Scriptures that will just be your declaration, okay, I'm going to walk this journey with Jesus because we're all on a journey. And I want to put my...